0: All righty. Hello again, everyone. And welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter podcast for the 9th of August, 2023. Happy Wednesday to you and the, 20, the, the 78th anniversary of the dropping of the atomic bomb on Nagasaki. Doesn't get as much press as Hiroshima does, but it's worth noting. I already went into that earlier in the week, the history lesson about Japan and them being pissed off at the Oppenheimer movie. And it's just tough. Probably shouldn't have bombed Pearl Harbor then, right? Just saying. Anyway, I'm Derek Hunter. I am your host, a wildly insensitive and a monster, perhaps history's greatest, I appreciate you listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend, and all that good stuff. Thanks to everybody who goes to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or DerekHunterLocals.com. Signs up there to support the show, get the extra stuff, and all of that. You will not be disappointed. And if you are disappointed, I suppose you can always cancel. But you'll not be disappointed because it's a good time. The new Week in F and Review is the news talked about the way the news, frankly, deserves to be talked about, needs to be talked about. And for the low, low price of five bucks a month or more, I encourage more. But at a minimum, five bucks—you invest in this show. You become a part of this show and making sure this show goes on. So, thank you for that. And uh, yeah, please keep doing that. A programming note: As I tell you, oh, the dedica- there is always going to be a week in F and review unless something really catastrophic happens. But next week. I'm going to try something really totally new, not not for Patreon or locals, but for this show, the thousands of you who listen, the growing number of people spread the word because we're going to have our first ever guest host. I need a mental health break <laughs> as we get ready for um, the upcoming election. I just need a little bit of time to recharge writing four columns a week for town hall and now another column a week for the hill and uh, a little unofficial i'm just a contributor there and all the other things i do and you just get burned out on the news and it's kind of a slow news time but it's not a slow news time so while government is out on vacation and horrible things are still happening or trying to happen but at a slower rate I'm going to take my first ever week off without and and having new new content here while having new having a guest host. Like I say I'm trying new things, so uh, check it out. You know him; you, he's been a guest on this show. He's been a guest on the radio with me. It's Dean Carianis, who worked for Rush Limbaugh for a very long time, and um, he was at Rush Limbaugh's wedding. Maybe he'll talk about that. Brilliant guy. He hosts the History Author Podcast. So he is going to be sitting here and for most hopefully all the days, as many days as he can handle or stomach or want to do, and then I guess I'll have to step back in if he can't do something. but right now, the plan is for him to be here on uh, next week. So I appreciate that. I'll be back on Saturday with week and F and review. so don't fear there. I wouldn't put on Dean or anybody else with gameful employment the uh the curse show because a lot of people would be wildly uncomfortable with that so check out dean at the history author podcast and then he'll be here next week and he can he can have because he's like i said he's got all the podcasting equipment and everything he knows what he's doing he does a book review of books but he is quite capable and learned on matters of history and of uh, things going on now. He's a columnist for the New York Sun as well. So you'll enjoy it. And I will, I don't know, I'm thinking about taking up yoga, to be honest with you. I got to find a way to de-stress. That's what my doctors tell me. So I, (laughs) that's just, well, winning the lottery tonight would do that. But uh, yeah, so thanks to Dean. All right, on with the uh, program as my mother my mother always dropped the r in program i don't know why (laughs) she always did program all right oh crotchety old president it's really weird if you've seen pictures of joe biden like, like lately i guess the older he gets the smaller his eyes get i don't know i guess i've never really studied the faces of elderly curmudgeons my father wasn't a curmudgeon And my mother wasn't a curmudgeon. But as they got older, their eyes didn't seem to shrink. Joe Biden's eyes are shrinking. He looks like that Jeff Dunham puppet, Uh, Elmer, whatever the old guy's name was. It doesn't matter. You know what I'm talking about. And he looks more like that. His eyes are just little black slits now. They're just little black slits. Maybe he's got something that he needs, those aviator sunglasses or whatever. But my God. He's almost to the point that he's looking like a shark. And I get that they pump him up with drugs and everything every once in a while when he has to deliver a speech, usually at night. But maybe they're doing it all the time. Maybe it's gotten worse. But look at him. He just watch a video of him. Watch a, uh, look at pictures of him. It's a squinty, crotchety curmudgeon where you're going, Is he, are they open? Are those eyes open? What's going on there? Anyway, NBC News is desperate to try and protect this president, as we all know. They have a rather funny story written by two different people. Jonathan Allen, who used to be a big muckety-muck in the media world. Now he's just kind of your typical left-wing kiss-ass of Democrats. And Natasha Karecki or something like that. Never heard of her. Doesn't really matter. I don't understand why it takes two people to write these things. She is the uh, senior national political reporter for NBC News, and he is a a senior national politics reporter for NBC News. Again, why it takes two people shall ever remain a mystery. But I guess when you are trying to haul around, you're trying to weekend at Bernie's Bernie, dead weight can be tough to haul around. The headline, Joe Biden's brand is being tested like never before. And the subheadline is Controversies centered on Biden's family have become fodder for GOP attacks that cut to the bedrock of the president's longtime political appeal. Well, the thing about Joe Biden is he has demonstrated throughout the entirety of his career that outside the very narrow borders of Delaware, he has no appeal. It's, it's, it's very narrow appeal at best, the bedrock of his longtime, appe- longtime appeal. Hmm. Let's see what they say. President Joe Biden's brand as a family oriented public servant has been a signature political asset that for more than 50 years helped him win the argument that when judged against the alternative rather than the almighty, he stacks up pretty well. Good God, how pathetic. Of course, they don't go into Joe Biden's lies in this piece. Joe Biden's career is built on lies, his life is built on lies. This myth of him being, you know, just a nice aw shucks kind of guy is built on lies. His biography is so full of crap, he might as well be an outhouse. He's never lost to a general election opponent in a political career that's taken him from Delaware's Newcastle County Council to the Oval Office. Oh, he's just so wonderful. Yeah, because most of the time he ran in Delaware a deeply democratic state where the racist powers that be in the Democratic Party helped push him over the line in 1972, something he's bragged about repeatedly. He's quite proud of that fact. And he was sucked up, sucked up to those uh, old segregationists like you wouldn't believe. So yeah, the racist power structure goes for the white guy. God. Uh, But the burnish on Biden's brand is being tested like never before. Ahead of a close 2024 election. You have the results for 2024 already. Some of the president's Democratic allies are worried about potential fallout from a confluence of family drama that spilled into public view from Republican attacks that cut at the bedrock of Biden's longtime political appeal. Again, I will point out that Joe Biden has given himself every nickname he's ever had, seemingly, in politics. I'm middle-class Joe. I'm Lunch Bucket Joe. They called me Lunch Bucket Joe. They meant it as an insult. I took it as a compliment. Nobody's ever called you Lunch Bucket Joe. They might have called you Buckethead Joe because you're stupid, and the thing that sits on top of your neck is empty like a bucket, But nobody's calling you Lunch Bucket Joe. The GOP-led House. But I love how it's all the Republicans, right? It's nothing that Joe Biden did. It's just those damned, dastardly Republicans. The GOP-led House is investigating the extent of Biden's role in helping his son, Hunter Biden, earn millions of dollars from foreign business interests during his time as vice president. See, there's a little bit more to that. A little bit more than that. Uh, Because Joe Biden got rich at the same time from the same pool of money, from the same people anyway. It's just kind of weird that they, NBC News doesn't do it. This is what they do. This is how the left operates. They report just enough. There's nothing I've read thus far that is, on its face, a lie. A lot of BS, there's a lot of spin, there's a lot of Democrat talking points, Joe Biden talking points, but there's a lot of omission. There's a lot of omission. Like I just said, And Biden got rich at the same time, And uh, from the same sources, seemingly, all the evidence on the laptop, for example, 10% for the big guy, etc., etc., etc. But they leave that out. They don't deny that it exists. They just pretend that it doesn't. It's different. It's different than lying, so to speak. It's a lie of omission. It's still BSing, but still. Republicans also say Biden's Justice Department tried to give Hunter Biden a sweetheart plea deal on federal tax and firearm possession charges, a deal that fell apart last month after a judge questioned its terms. At the time, at the same time, a federal special counsel is investigating Biden's handling of classified documents following his two terms as vice president. Oh, and his time in the United States Senate, because apparently some of those documents were from the time when uh, good old Krusty Joe was a United States senator. Again, they leave that out. Somehow it's look it's a cut and dry case. Either the President of the United States mishandled classified material or he didn't. It is not a matter of what the quality of the classified material was. They haven't taken that into account with Trump. They try to make hay out of it, but it doesn't really matter. The law doesn't say that you can... You can't mishandle classified material unless it's, you know, not really super duper classified material. There are people sitting in prison and people who have served prison terms for mishandling probably accidentally in a lot of cases, but sometimes with malice, classified material that frankly on its face shouldn't be classified. There is an overclassification problem in our government where they just seem to class it's easy just well just slap a classification on it president is really the only person who can go through they set up commissions every once in a while they say, go through these classified documents and see what we can release to the public and what we can't release to the public they don't really it, it, there's no real appetite for that and the president of the united states is not going to go through each document individually and when they do things like declassify things and, and writ large the so-called intelligence community still comes out, like the Kennedy stuff. All right, it's been time. Let's release the Kennedy stuff. It's not an executive order. Like, yeah, we're going to slow walk, We're not going to do this one. We're not going to do the other ones. When, well, who's president? The director of the CIA or the president of the United States? Or is the president of the United States lying? It's a possibility. So spare me all of that. In a matter of a much more personal nature, Biden recently acknowledged for the first time that he has hey, that he has a seventh grandchild, Navy Joan Roberts, the seven-year-old daughter of Hunter Biden, who wrote in a memoir that he doesn't remember his encounter with his mother. Isn't that great? Hey, honey, I don't remember making you. I don't remember your mom. I don't know. It's just, It's just... She's just like a golf course and somebody tries to bring up the fourth hole and I'm like i don't know i i played 18 that day none of them none of them mean anything it's <laughs> uh, acknowledged he acknowledge, to the extent that he has joe biden never talked to this kid she's four years old she can get on the phone they could do a video chat they could make it out to one of the mansions and estates in delaware or the white house has that ever happened Not as far as anybody seems to know, the extent to which they have acknowledged Little Navy Joan is by saying, here's a press release on a Friday given to People Magazine. It's a press release on a Friday before we go away for 10 days on vacation. Love you, baby. Sick people quote, the recent revelations with Hunter Biden are really in conflict with the current perception of his image of being squeaky clean. Mike Noble, CEO of the nonpartisan Noble Predictive Insights and a preeminent pollster in the Southwest, said of the president. Don't you love that? It's squeaky clean. That's what you think of Joe Biden's squeaky clean image. Uh, Tara Reid doesn't ring a bell. All the women who said that Joe made them feel physically uncomfortable and safe, and put hands on them, and girls, and all that. No, it's a squeaky clean image. Not to mention, of course, all the corruption. Again, this is NBC News. This is the extent to which they are covering Joe Biden's problems, Joe Biden's issues. The American people are aware of these. They're at least a large swath and growing larger by the day, but NBC News needs desperately to keep their audience corralled. Keep them on the thought plantation. Democrats have always been that party. They've just changed their tactic, their 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 objective, their tactics, never their objectives. Noble said that his firm's trackers, including key 2024 states of Arizona and Nevada, Biden's image regularly tests better than his job approval. Quote, I think this potentially impacts his image, he said, of the various criticisms of Biden and his family. These are not criticisms. Criticisms are Hunter Biden's teeth are messed up. Uh, I don't really care for the president's singing voice, things of that nature. These are allegations of corruption, wild allegations of corruption. They are watered down to the point of being almost irrelevant to reality by places like NBC News, but that's what they are. That's what they're offering. That's what they're putting up there. So you can't really expect that to be totally reflected in the polls. The more it gets out there, the more it will be. But it's it's really going to potentially damage his image as a family. His son spent the vast majority of his life smoking crack and cheating on everybody he was ever with kind of a problem then joe says i never once ever talked to anybody in my family about their businesses yet he took hunter on overseas trips as vice president hunter the adult hunter was a full-blown adult and in business and he never thought well it's really weird that hunter's coming to china why are you coming to china hunter You could you're an adult. You could travel to China all on your own. Why are you coming over here on an official diplomatic mission as a not not a member of the diplomatic corps, not a member of the mission? But while we're over here, why? Because the footage broadcast in China of Joe Biden getting off the official Air Force Two plane jet in Beijing, followed almost immediately by Hunter. That visual, those pictures, those images, those are worth millions of dollars. It's the proximity to power. Joe knew that. Joe knew that. That's why he brought his son. That's why he allowed his son to come. If he were at all interested in the appearance of impropriety or conflict of interest, he'd have told Hunter to wait Wait, get off the plane with everybody else who is non essential. You're not even a part of this, okay? This is official duty. But Hunter coming off the plane and greeting the dignitaries with Joe. It might as well have been the president and the vice president, right? Might as well have been chief of staff, whatever. You want to talk about corruption? There's some corruption. Goes on to say, nodding to Democrat fears have uh not into the Democrat fears have of uh, have of being blamed. Not into the fear Democrats have of being blamed for weakening their own candidate or incurring his wrath. I love it, incurring his wrath. I don't really say that. Why? Like, why would he incur? He's such a nice guy. What? What wrath? The uh, strategist emphatically declined to put his name to his remarks on the record. F. No, are you crazy? Said another strategist. It's not just the economy, the strategist said, of possible reasons behind Joe's job low job approval. It's not because people are just concerned with inflation. It's not just because people are concerned about his age. His brand has been damaged by him and those around him. That's the guy who refused to put his name on it. In June, an NBC News poll found that 48% of those surveyed held a negative view of the president and 39% held a positive view. Another 12% we're neutral and morons and out to lunch. They go through all the polling. Now, it's really funny to me watching this stuff and watching stories like this unfold because they are written expressly to fend off serious explorations of the issues facing Biden. We check that box. We don't have to go any further. They don't want to go any further at NBC News because they fear or know but definitely fear what they might find. So they pish posh it. They do it in a casual way. They do it in an overarching thing rather than going into any specific details. That frees them up later on when critics say, you know, the NBC News hasn't really covered this. Yes, we did. It's right there in this story. But did you you assign anybody to dig into the allegations? No, we would never. Why would we do that? There's nothing there. The president has denied it. The White House has denied it. Nothing new has come out. There's nothing new to report. There was a time when reporters would go out and dig for things, try to find anonymous sources, anonymous sources saying or giving insider information. They don't even need to be anonymous. Devin Archer is out there. Tony Bobulinski is out there. A bunch of Hunter Biden's conquests and strippers and prostitutes are out there. People associated with these people in business are out there. They are not nebulous unknowns. They are not D.B. Coopers and Unabombers before we found out it was Ted Kaczynski. Vague sketches of general ideas and shadowy figures. No, these are real people. They know who they are. They don't want to go and talk to them. They refuse to go and talk to them because they're afraid of what is going to be discovered. If conservative outlets actually had People with journalistic chops rather than a bunch of kids or were interested in spending the money on doing some investigative journalism. That would be interesting. Maybe some of them are and maybe they're digging things up. That would be nice. That would be helpful. Sadly, it seems like most of the stuff that's being done is being done by Congress, which again allows journalists to just be lazy and regurgitate whatever it is that Congress says. But you can't just straight up trust what Congress says because they're Congress. They're politicians. You need to be doing some original reporting yourselves. The Tucker interview with Devin Archer was great, the parts I saw of it. But most people aren't going to sit down and watch an hour long video or an hour and a half or whatever the hell it was on Twitter. They're just not going to. The number of views is a lie. It counts it if it just scrolls past and you. it starts playing. You don't have to have the sound up. You don't have to listen. How long? Is, how long are people watching? They're not going to give us those analytics. But no cable news outlet played a second, as far as I could tell, of the interview with Devin Archer. It's wildly newsworthy. It's incredibly important. And the president should be made to answer for it. To answer to it answer the questions that come from it he won't even be asked them he won't even be asked them i doubt Corinne jean pierre the historic Corinne jean pierre will even be asked it's just sad mark hemingway said of this new york of this uh nbc news piece said it's really amazing how even critical pieces pull punches that would never be pulled writing about republicans biden has brazenly lied about his past and his family his entire career and it's getting worse That's the story, but not the story with NBC News. It's just not. It's not the story with the left-wing media. When I wrote this week at town hall that the election is going to require all of us, all conservatives, to be diligent. That's what I mean. There are going to be little nuggets. They're never going to be served up in easy-to-digest ways. They're just not but they're wildly important and they need to be spread and so wherever they come from it's important that they be spread around by us because you can't count on like I say there was a mention actually two mentions of the Tucker interview that I saw two mentions of the Tucker interview on Fox with Devin Archer what were they One was Laura Ingram, who said Tucker Carlson talked about Tucker Carlson's interview with Devin Archer and props to her. Talked about that the other day. The other one was Jesse Waters alluding to a letter that Tucker had gotten his hands on, but he didn't cite Tucker. He didn't give credit to Tucker for getting his hands on the letter because that's just not what happens anymore. You're not allowed to talk about Tucker. Sad. Sad. Sad, sad state of journalism. So I want you to be aware of it as things come out. And this, this next story is actually one of those things. It's going to resonate across the country. It's about Oakland, California, so very few people care, especially Democrats. And it was on CNN, so very few people saw it. But it is important, not necessarily in its content, but in its context. The way that this report is about crime lets you know how Democrats fight crime. It's something to there there's three clips here they're like a minute to a minute and a half each. This first one they detail this weird thing at the end of it that authorities in oakland california Oakland, California, is a pit years, decades, generations of Democrat rule. And, of course, surging crime, rapes, assaults, way up double digits, 20, 22 percent, things like that. They reference that, but it's a visual in the piece. I think I tweeted it out, the newsbuster story, so you can check it out if you want to watch the video. But the solution with these Soros prosecutors and these Democrat mayors is never to enforce the law. It is to make excuses, to let people go. And so they come up with other things rather than more policing, even though Oakland has all the police that they claim that they need or at least all that they've funded. They have come up with a new one here. If you are the victim of a crime, don't bother calling 911, seemingly. They don't say that, but they might as well say that. They encourage people... To get air horns. Get air horns. So if something a really you know those really really loud handheld er, you push down and it's like an aerosol can except it's an air horn. Get those things. And if you are the victim of crime, particularly a violent crime, since the police ain't going to show up for a couple of days, unless you're dead, then they probably will, just to collect your body. Uh, If you're a victim of a crime, blow your horn so that your neighbors can hear that and blow their horn, and then it becomes a game of stupid telephone. Not to alert everybody, take to the streets, maybe try to arrest the perpetrator, catch the perpetrator, or prevent the crime, but just to raise awareness that the crime is happening. I kid you not. Listen to this
1: after living here her entire life. I can't take it anymore. I got to the point I was too scared to leave my house. Cook blames brazen assaults and robberies in broad daylight, break-ins, and home invasions across the city. (coughs) As Oakland sees a surge in reported violent crimes this year compared to last. While homicides are down, robberies, burglaries, and rape are all up by double-digit percentages. Everyone we talk to says it doesn't matter your race, your income, everyone seems to be a target, including carjackings like this one. No. Ah! Now they're carjacking people at stop sign, And my son is about to start driving. The fact that I am being pushed out because I emotionally can't take it anymore is horrible. But Tony Bird is staying. She lives with a locked front gate and five security cameras. Bird says Oakland police recommended steel braces for residential doors and air horns. The idea is if you set it off, your neighbor would hear it, set theirs off, and more people are alert that there's danger.
0: More people are alert that there's danger. What's the point of being alert that there's danger? Hey, I'm aware. Hey, there's danger. You live in Oakland. You kind of already know that there's danger, don't you? Shouldn't you? Blow off the air horn. Annie, get your air horn? How about get your gun? Well, you, you can't own a gun in Oakland. My God, if people owned guns in Oakland, think of the crime that would be happening in Oakland or could potentially happen in Oakland or whatever the hell their argument is. Just bizarre. No, 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 you can't do Go let your air horn off. Now, one of that lady's neighbors across the street, I don't know if they were blowing horns or not, but it didn't seem to work when that guy was murdered.
1: Her neighbor across the street, 60-year-old retiree Dave Schneider, was shot to death in June, trimming his front tree during the day. He died as Bird and other neighbors tried to save him. I'm not looking for the perfect, safe place. I'm looking for a place where the elderly women with children aren't targeted. I think we can all agree that that needs to change. And so I feel like it will change, and that's why I'm staying. <laughs> I
0: love that. Yeah, no it's uh i feel like that needs to change and so i feel it will change huh elderly and women you mean wait a second first of all you're a democrat in oakland what the hell do you know about what a woman is secondly you're describing the people most likely to be targeted by criminals violent criminals looking to rob people why because the elderly have difficulty putting up a fight right and the uh women are the same way right they have difficulty putting up a fight because men are by and large stronger i know you're not supposed to say these things but i'm just saying them i love the idea like oh my goodness what could possibly be going on how could this possibly be etc 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 it's like simple it's pretty damn simple <laughs> I'm going to stay because I want to make sure I don't want it. No crime. They can kill other people, just not the elderly and women, which I happen to fall into that category of. Hey, it's not right. All right, here's the story. Continues. Found
1: everything you're looking for, okay? But staying open gets tougher every day for Troy Welch, owner of Laurel Ace Hardware.
2: There's about six of them that comes
1: in. Welch's store was robbed just hours before we met him.
2: They went to our cash registers, and this is at my office. But you'll see they went in, they tried to take a sledgehammer to it, tried to lift it, and he's gonna figure out they aren't they getting into that safe.
1: Welch says he loses 10% of his merchandise to theft. So common this year, he leaves his registers empty and open, tired of replacing them.
2: It's more brazen, um, sometimes more violent, I think, than what it used to be.
1: How long does it take for police to arrive?
0: 45 minutes
1: 45 minutes is that typical
0: uh, that's probably fast that's probably fast welcome to oakland who wouldn't want to move to oakland come on man live to oakland uh, the raiders it's oakland is so bad the raiders are leaving that should tell you something the raiders are leaving this is what generational Democrat control will get you. This is what it will net you. This is who these people are. This is the end result. One last clip. Now, I love this. The NAACP guy from out there in Oakland. They, uh, oh, they're they not defunding the police. They ain't defunding the police anymore. The guy who helped spearhead defund the police is now saying, we shouldn't be defunding the police. We need to do that. The... Uh, The amount of self-absolution is something to behold. The NAACP hasn't been relevant for a very long time, but they're desperately scrambling to try to be relevant. Actually, what they're trying to do is raise money, and they need to be seen as semi-relevant in order to do that. They can't dine out on their name anymore because they have soiled their once good name. It's just funny watching members of it scramble.
1: I want to know. Frustration has spilled over in community meetings. Anger often directed at leadership, like the newly elected district attorney, who has been on the job just seven months. It's unreal.
0: I'm a black man born and raised in Oakland. When I walk out the house every day, I want to be safe. So if that calls for some, whoever commits the crime, to be prosecuted, so be it. But we want it to be fair and just.
1: Darren White is with the NAACP Oakland branch, which penned an open letter to their city, blaming failed leadership, the defund the police movement, and anti-police rhetoric for creating a heyday for Oakland criminals. We're not trying to say, you know, mass incarceration and arrest
0: everyone. We want the people that are out here committing these violent crimes arrested and charged. Do we need more cops on the street? Yes, we do need more. Every every community needs police. I love that. We're not trying to do this. That. Yeah, we need more police. We need more. Where were you during the, where was the NAACP? Where's the Oakland chapter of NAACP? During defund the police. We're not saying mass incarceration and arrest everybody. Who is? Is there somebody who's saying that? What we really need to do is just arrest everybody. Put everybody in prison. See, there is no such thing as mass incarceration. The people incarcerated, by and large, and occasionally there's somebody who gets in there by accident, but the people in there, by and large, deserve to be in there. They have committed crimes, right? But when you are no longer punishing people for the crimes that they commit, guess what happens? Those people who are out there who are already committing crimes are now free to commit more crimes. It's true, true story. Most crimes are committed by very few people, very few people, violent crimes in particular, because most people, a lot of people will commit, you know, they'll steal something, they'll, you know, rob something, they maybe uh, uh, take a some- shoplift, and then uh, the further you go down the criminal path, the fewer people that will do it. It's just how it is, and thank God. So the tip of that, the narrowest point if you think of it as walking down that hallway in Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory where it's like, oh well, the walls are getting smaller. Um is murder. Is murder. But if you don't stop people on the way down that hallway, more people will make it to murder. More people... There are a lot of people who get scared straight. There are a lot of people who, you know, oh man, I got five years for holding up a liquor store, blah, blah, blah. And by the time they get out, everybody they rolled with who was helping them get in trouble or they were getting in trouble with is dead or in prison. And they kind of go, I need to get my life. In. I don't want them to spend another five years in prison. But if they never get that five years in prison, they still out there rolling with the guys that they were committing the crimes with, then it could easily escalate into something more. That's why people need to be punished for what they do. It's not about rehabilitate. We must rehabilitate these people. No, we don't need to rehabilitate these people. We need to punish them. It's the penal system, not the rehabilitation system. The left seems to think that if they can just they're just one hug and one I love you away from turning somebody willing to murder somebody into a guy you'd want to live next door to. Nothing could be further from the truth. And of course, it doesn't impact the left, these people, these politicians, because they don't live anywhere near this kind of stuff. They get to look down on it from their Mount Olympus of egoism and just go, that's a shame. That's a shame. That's a shame. Yeah. Conservatives, Republicans can't fix this problem for the people who suffer from it the most. They have to fix it. And it starts with ending the blind devotion in voting to the Democratic Party. Will they ever do that? I don't know. Can they do that? I don't know. It doesn't help that many Republicans aren't really trying out there, but there are conservative Democrats. There are a lot of Democrats, a, a lot of black people in black cities who are Republicans, except that they will never name themselves as Republicans because they'd be attacked relentlessly. Conservative Democrats are like, you know what? We need to bring some common sense. We need the police. We need crime reduction. We need this, that, and the other thing. We need more of those people to run and be vocal about why they're running. And not be afraid to be called a conservative or be called a Republican because lives are at stake. The future of these cities are at stake. The future of this country is at stake. Whether or not anybody involved has it in them, I don't know. Lastly today, I want to play you this clip from Ron DeSantis from a town hall he did the other day because I think it's absolutely brilliant in it. There are so few candidates who are articulating so clearly a conservative vision. This isn't about Ron DeSantis, but listen to this answer and tell me that you don't want a candidate. You wouldn't, lo- wouldn't you love if the entirety of the field of the Republican Party could answer questions like this, could answer this question like this? Wouldn't it be nice...
1: Governor, we've already heard today about a few of the Florida-based laws and policies that uh, you would like to extend to the United States.
2: Which policies and laws really stick with the states, and which other policies might actually, would you extend to the U.S.? Well, I think that uh, we'll keep with the Constitution. The powers delegated under the proposed Constitution, James Madison wrote, are few and defined. Those remaining to the states are numerous and indefinite. So, yes, there's things we've done in Florida we're really proud of. Uh, they're just not necessarily going to be as applicable. There's other things in Florida that we've done, you know, that would be applicable. But I would say the most thing that's applicable is just the approach to governing. You know, we have a situation where um, we have the second lowest per capita debt to person ratio in America. Second lowest tax per capita in America. We run big budget surpluses and we've paid down almost a quarter of our outstanding state debt. I vetoed wasteful spending throughout my time as governor. Why can't we take that same fiscally conservative approach to Washington and discipline the Congress and make sure that the Congress stops spending us into oblivion? If they put a bloated bill on your desk, as president, you have every right to veto that bill, send it back to them and tell them to do better. So that's an approach we would definitely take. You know, some of the stuff we've done uh, with respect to say education, you know, we've um, eliminated critical race theory in our K through 12 schools. We've said, we're not gonna have gender ideology, where they're telling a second grader they can change genders or things like that. That's not appropriate. Um, But the curriculum is a state and local issue. You know, we're not going to develop a national uh, curriculum because I think I could do a better job nationally than probably Oakland and San Francisco would do. But the minute the Democrats get in, then they're going to overtake my curriculum in Florida, and I wouldn't want to do that. Uh, So stick with the Constitution where the federal government, you know, has the authority and the power. Use it robustly do good, strong policy, but where it leaves it to the states, you know, so we'll be doing things like getting the Department of Education off the back of the state and local.
0: Amen, brother. Amen. And there are all these people do it by, exec- do this, do that, do that. No. Once you start down that path, then all you get is Democrats doing the same thing. It's the same argument. Democrats... Well, we all learned this lesson, but Democrats had the opportunity to actually learn this lesson and uh, not do something wildly stupid. And it ended up costing them three three Supreme Court justice seats. And that was nuking the filibuster for judicial nominees. Democrats for a long time, we're never going to do that. And then they said, oh, we've got to do it because those dastardly Republicans are just so mean. And they're blocking everybody. And, oh, we got the best people in the world. And so they did it for everybody but the Supreme Court. And Mitch McConnell said, do you do this? There's really nothing to stop us from doing it from the Supreme Court. This, is what you, this isn't the path you should go down. You go down this path, we're going down this path, though. Just be aware. Well, thank God Mitch McConnell stopped Merrick Garland from getting on the Supreme Court. What a bullet dodged that was. But... We also managed to put on the court three solid conservatives. Are they perfect? Of course not. They're honest. (laughs) If you're looking at politics or perfection from a political standpoint, they're honest. They occasionally go against what you would like. But at the end of the day, they are constitutionalists in their own mind. You don't have to like what they do to acknowledge that, you know, all right, they're doing a hell of a lot better than the Democrats that would have been up there had the Democrats had their way. It's the same sort of thing. You want executive power. You want ever-expanding executive power. Do something about it. Okay, great. Then what? Then the next guy just undoes it. Then you really get to the point where, and this is what I find very bizarre about Democrats in Congress, they argue constantly essentially for the negation of the need for Congress to exist. They just, ah, the president can act on it. President, you must act on student loans. You must act on this. Well, you're in Congress. Elizabeth Warren, for all her whining about student loan debt, never tried to pass a bill about it. It'd been a stupid bill, but at least if you went through the legislative process, there wouldn't be the argument, hey, the president doesn't have the authority to do that. She didn't try. She wanted to be seen as caring about the issue, blah, 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 and encouraged Joe Biden to do it on his own. She didn't want to actually do it because it's actually pretty unpopular with a lot of people because it really is a wealth transfer from people who have money to people who do not have money. It's gross, really, when you get down to it. Anyway, that's enough for today, I say. You can email me, DerekAllenHunter at gmail.com or message me through Patreon site. And uh, we'll be back here tomorrow. Don't forget to enter the contest. Don't forget to support the show. Have a great hump day, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be on WMAL at WMAL.com. For, uh, radio from 3 to 6 on uh, today, thir- Wednesday. And tomorrow thursday so if you need to uh, hear me live or have a desire to call in for whatever reason i never understood callers but i'll take your calls you can do it at those times 3 to 6 p.m eastern time for two days this week and then uh, that's probably going to be it so have yourself an awesome wednesday i'll see you tomorrow thanks for listening